Informed Ascent, brought to you by Firearm Training Associates. Firearms Training Associates is, is a lucky company because we have been able to draft in some of the best instructors in the world. We have special operations guys, we have guys from the U.S. military, from foreign militaries that work for us. They provide a great deal of insight into self-defense. So we developed this so that our customers could come on the weekends and get the best training in the world. We pride ourselves on our civilian training. It's our armed civilian that's one of the most important things to us. We want to teach them how to survive dangerous situations. When you come through the course, as long as you're performing at a acceptable level, you're going to get a certificate that puts our stamp on it. And we take it serious when we put our stamp on there. When you get our gold label, that means that you've passed the class that you've attended. Firearm Training Associates, proud sponsor of Informed Descent. Find out more at ftatv.com. Informed Dissent. The intersection of healthcare and politics with Dr. Jeff Barkey and Dr. Mark McDonald. Well, welcome to another episode of Informed Dissent. I am again flying solo because my co-host, Dr. Mark McDonald, is in some European nation. Last I heard, he was in Croatia. Uh, relaxing on some beach, sipping some some tropical drink. So it's just me. But the good news is I have a a wonderful guest, had an opportunity to present with this person up in San Jose recently at a Calvary Chapel up there. It was fantastic. And that guest, of course, is the uh, infamous um, Steve Kirsch. Now, you, you might not initially recognize the name, so let me give you a little bit of his background. So he's a Uh, An engineer, graduate of MIT, a very well-known person in the industry. He is one of the guys that actually invented the optical mouse that we all uh, benefit from. And I'm very envious of this title. He's in the top 10 list of spreading misinformation and disinformation about COVID-19. As a matter of fact, there's an MIT technology review article and it labels him like this. This tech millionaire went from COVID trial funder to misinformation super spreader. So now we uh, get to hear from Steve Kirsch, hear his, his, hear his perspective. It's one of the smartest guys I know uh, as far as data and details. And he started a new organization that has to do with vaccine research um, and as it relates to COVID-19. Steve, welcome to Informed Dissent. Thank you so much for joining me. Jeff, it's a uh, good, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So uh, I don't know if I got your introduction perfectly correct. Could you give our audience a little bit more about your background? Before I became a full-time misinformation spreader, uh, I used to be in the high-tech business. Uh, so I've uh, started and, and run uh, more than half a dozen companies. And uh, then COVID hit and I started to look for how I can make a difference. And I ended up starting the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. I put in a million dollars of my own money and raised another $5 million, and uh, we funded uh, clinical trials uh, in order to discover which repurposed drugs were the most effective in treating COVID. But all of that research was ignored by the government, and uh, I still trusted the government. I still thought they were on the level. And so I ended up uh, taking uh, two doses of the Moderna vaccine because they said it was safe and effective and it would be, provide an extra barrier to uh, reduce the chance that I might die. So I got the shots, and then a month later, I started hearing from my friends. Uh, you know, one, one friend had three relatives who died 
a week after getting the shot, and the relatives were perfectly healthy before the shot. So I started looking at the data, and uh, and I was just appalled uh, by what I found. We, we, this is one of the one of the most, if not the most, dangerous vaccines of all time, and it, it depends. And I, and I caveat that because it depends on how you calculate it. If you calculate it on the, the total number killed, uh, maybe there could be some other vaccines that are uh, as, as worse on a per capita basis. So, uh, but no matter what, uh, it looks like this, uh, the current vaccines have killed uh, half a million Americans. So Steve, prior to the COVID vaccine, obviously you got the vaccine, so you believed it was going to be safe and effective. Were you skeptical at all about vaccines in general prior to COVID? No. <laughs> if I was, I, I would never have taken the, the COVID shot. I thought the whole thing was on the level. I thought when the doctors told you that you should take the shot, you followed their uh, directions and you uh, took the shot, right? So I've never... Anytime the doctor told me to take the shot, I took the shot because I trusted the doctor. Now, <laughs> now that I know what I know, I'm, I'll never do that again. You're not a you're not a doctor. You're not a scientist. So some would argue, you know, you're you're a rich engineer who started some companies. What, why should we listen to you? What makes you an expert? What makes you um, somebody who's credible to be able to evaluate the data and to evaluate a, a medical product? Well, uh, the thing is, you don't have to listen to me. All I'm doing is giving you some ideas for you to check yourself and look at the data yourself. So all I'm doing is calling to people's attention various facts that can be independently verified that are very objective. So, for example, one fact that's very easy to verify is that the death signal in VAERS was triggered and the CDC said nothing. And so... This allows anybody in the world to validate that the CDC isn't paying attention to the safety data. And I also did things like I went, and I have this on video, I went to the house of the chair of the ASIP committee, which is the outside committee for the CDC. That's uh, the, it's the committee that approves the, the vaccines. ASIP, Advisory and Committee I, for Immunization Practices. I, yeah, <laughs> it rolls right off your tongue. But, you know, so I, I went to her house because she wouldn't respond to any of my emails or text messages or any other attempted communication. I mean, any submissions using the official channels, the unofficial channels, they were all ignored. And I wanted to know if they wanted to see the safety data that was being ignored by the Israeli Ministry of Health. They, they tasked a team of scientists to collect the safety data. And when they found that the safety data showed that the vaccines were unsafe, the Israeli Ministry of Health decided to ignore that data. So I was interested to find out if in America, the head of the ASIP committee would be interested in seeing the safety data that the Israeli Ministry of Health is ignoring. And I actually never got a straight answer to that question, but I do have a video of her calling the cops, the Palo Alto police, and having them ask me what I'm doing at her door. And then uh, subsequent to that, they handed her the note. Now, this is proof of delivery. 
So we know that the, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. that. Um, so we know that she got the question. She just doesn't want to answer the question, do you want to see the Israeli safety data, yes or no? So not only do we know that anyone can verify that the VARES safety signal was triggered because the VARES data is out in plain sight. Anyone can access that. Anyone can do the calculation that I did. And I put on my website, here's the calculation. Here's a reference to the CDC documentation showing here's how you do the calculation. And here, let me show you how it's done. Let me show you the tools you use to, to do this. And you can do it yourself. So nobody has to believe me at all. All I'm doing is I'm pointing out all of these things that are in plain sight that anyone could verify for themselves. Why do you think people, CDC and other organizations, are ignoring these safety signals? Well, the CDC isn't rewarded on how many people that they save. The CDC is rewarded based on how many people they uh, convince to get the vaccine. And so all of their focus is on how do we reduce vaccine hesitancy? How do we reduce vaccine hesitancy? How do we promote this? How do we communicate to the people that they need to get the vaccine? That's it. It's all, it's all on, you know, it, it, you know, there's a little on myocarditis, right? Because they, they, they can't hide from that. So you say but the CDC is, they, they dismiss it. In what way are they rewarded by pushing the vaccine and reducing hesitancy? Well, it, that, this is how they're, uh, uh, they're all gold. I mean, I, I talked to someone who used to work at the CDC and then was let go because she didn't follow the narrative. Um, and she said the, the the focus there is all on, it's it's not on safety at all. It's all on getting the shots into the arms. And that is what their mission is. And it's like they're a captive organization to the pharmaceutical companies. And they're the delivery uh, organization so, Steve, one uh, responsible f for marketing. One one argument you bring up VARES, and uh, and I talk about VARES a lot. Uh, but the argument against VARES is that it simply just isn't an accurate system. That anybody and their mother can report to VARES uh, because COVID has been so controversial, and in the media, the argument goes that there's been many false reports to VARES, and that we can't actually believe the reliability of the claims on the VARES system. Yeah, well, you know that you're you're being gaslit if you uh, uh, believe that. So the VARES system is the official reporting system for vaccine adverse events, and the VARES system has gone off the charts for the COVID vaccine only. So there are only three possibilities here. One is that someone is deliberately gaming the system and making the vaccines look bad. Now that's really hard to do. And in fact, nobody has any evidence <laughs> that this is being done, right? There is an incredible, someone who turned, who got the vaccine and turned it into the Incredible Hulk. And that was uh, uh, Dr. David Gorski, who admitted that he did that in order to show that you could, that the VAERS system, that you could get a false report put into the VAERS system. Now, that's also a felony. And he should be prosecuted and put in jail for that. Uh, but, of course, the FDA doesn't seem to care about that. But the point is that if you went to 100 VAERS records, 
Uh, all of those don't look like the Incredible Hulk. They all look very legitimate. And HHS is supposed to validate each of these entries before it's put in the VAERS system. So as far as fraud goes, there is no evidence. Nobody could point to, hey, look, out of 100 randomly chosen VAERS records, 10 of the 100 are uh, completely bogus. They, you know, they, it's impo impossible, you know, whatever. There's been no evidence that there's fraud. The second possibility is that everyone and their brother is deciding to report to the VAR system this year, whereas they never did before. Now, that's possible, but it's very unlikely because doctors, if anything, are less likely to report this year because they know that they're going to be punished or they're going to make the vaccine look bad and it's anti-American to, to make the vaccine look bad. So you, there's this bias against reporting and the organizations don't instruct people how to report and don't encourage people to report and won't give you rewards for reporting. Now, so there's no evidence the people who claim that it's just overreported have absolutely no evidence to back up their claims. But what we've done is I've surveyed uh, people who follow me on my Substack, and I've also done independent surveys where we, we buy a list of healthcare workers and we survey them with questions that are created by a professional pollster. And these surveys show that people are not reporting at any higher uh, propensity to report this year versus previous years. So they're just as likely to report this year as previous years. So that leaves us with our third possibility, which is maybe there are more reports in the VAERS system because this vaccine is extremely dangerous. Now, in order to validate that, you need to make a phone call. So this is something that the FDA and the CDC tend not to do, is reach out and touch someone. So I called a neurologist uh, that I know um, who lives not very far from me. I had, didn't have to do any cherry picking at all. And she has 20,000 patients in her practice. It's a multi-doctor practice. And of the 20,000 patients... There are 2,000 vaccine injured, but 1,000 of them are new patients. So of the essentially 19,000 patients that existed before, 1,000 of them are so vaccine injured that they would normally be reported into the VAERS system. And I asked her, how many VAERS reports have you needed to file in the 11 years that you've been in practice in neurology? And she said, zero. So how do you go from zero reports in 11 years for all vaccines combined and now have a thousand reports to make this year for the COVID vaccine? Well, there's only one possible explanation for that, Jeff, and it is that the COVID vaccines are a thousand times more dangerous than any other vaccine in at least the last 11 years. Um, so that's what it's about. It's about that these vaccines are super dangerous and all these people are making up 
these hand-waving arguments, meaning that they're, they're pulling them out of nowhere and they have no data to support them. And they're making these arguments that, oh, you should ignore this because they're just, it's just overreported with absolutely no evidence that it is overreported. You mentioned early on that you uh, put about a million dollars of seed money into some uh, studies to look for alternative treatments with repurposed medication. What, what did those studies uh, show? And um, are, are you convinced that any or some of these medications are effective? We studied fluvoxamine, and fluvoxamine was very effective um, in, the, um, in, in the studies that were done. And more recently, though, when you have a virus which is very rarely putting people in the hospital, then and you also have other drugs that um, are available uh, that people are taking, uh, you end up uh, trying to run a clinical trial uh, which then becomes impossible because there are too few people uh, being hospitalized. So you have to recruit thousands and thousands of people. So you fail on that. But um, it was pretty clear that the groups that got fluvoxamine fared much, much better than the groups that didn't get fluvoxamine. And it, the differences were very statistically significant and were unlikely to happen by chance. So, for example, the 77 people in David Suftel's study who got fluvoxamine, none of them developed any long-haul COVID symptoms, whereas the people, whereas 40% of the people in the group that didn't get the fluvoxamine developed those symptoms. Now, you can't have that kind of a disparity where it's zero out of 77 and versus uh, 40% in you know, the, uh, the equivalent group of people who are actually healthier um, and, and say that that was just luck. It doesn't work that way. So nobody can explain that, but of course the FDA doesn't seem to bother with logic like that. They just said, well, that wasn't a randomized trial. And yes, you're right. It wasn't a randomized trial. The healthy people basically decided not to go for the treatment because they didn't think they needed it. So the sicker people got the treatment and all this, none of the sick people went to the hospital. So in fact, it's a better than randomized trial because the people who got the drug were basically the sicker group. And in a randomized trial, it would have been even. So fluvoxamine was competing with one hand tied behind its back and it still won a convincing victory. And yet the FDA said, well, we're not convinced it wasn't randomized. I mean, you've got to be brain dead um, to uh, uh, to believe the FDA uh, on that. Were you so, able to get your study published in any uh, of the medical journals? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the, the original fluoxamine study was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Can't, can't do much better than that. Yeah, absolutely. And then the uh, the David Seftel trial was published in OFID as an editor's choice. And so, credible journals, and in both cases, editor's choice. So, it was, uh, yeah, that it's a very believable result. And the, the, uh, the researchers who 
ran the trials said, you know, hey, this is this is a remarkable result. I mean, the, the David Septel said he's never seen anything like it uh, for a drug treating a disease. Are there are and there yet, any other studies that you're currently funding? Uh, no, I stopped doing that because it was a waste of money. Like. It doesn't matter how good the data is. They're not going to do anything with it. It's like vitamin D, right? They're actually suing a doctor. Do you know about this? No. They're suing a doctor for four, for like 400, I, I don't know. I don't remember whether it's 400 million or $400 billion. It's like $40,000 for every person who took vitamin D. It's five, $500 billion. And our government is suing a guy for $500 billion for recommending vitamin D to treat COVID. That's how bad it is, okay? And vitamin D is, everybody knows, vitamin D makes a huge difference. You know, Joe Mercola wrote an article about, hey, if you've got high levels of vitamin D, virtually nobody gets sick with COVID. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I've spoken about vitamin D for a long time. And as you know, uh, I'm involved along with uh, my podcast co-host, who's not here tonight, Mark McDonald, with a lawsuit against the Medical Board of California to try to stop the law that Governor Newsom signed, uh, Assembly Bill 2098, that will allow the medical board to take the licenses away of physicians uh, that spread so-called misinformation and disinformation. We're represented by yeah. Liberty. For yeah, fortunately, Center. I'm not a physician. Yeah, fortunately, I'm not a physician, so I can spread as much misinformation as I want. <laughs> and apparently, you do a very good job. And you know, I, and and I complain to the to 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 the. Um, uh, to to the congressmen and and senators who were writing the bill, I said, you know, y y your bill's not going to stop me. I'm not a doctor, so you need to stop me. I'm 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 like you type in misinformation super spreader. I'm the number one hit. And and by the know. way, to our audience, and do that. Type in misinformation super spreader, and you'll see Steve Kirsch as the as the top name on there. Yeah, sometimes you'll see Joe Mercola. He uh, the New York Times did a hit piece on him, so so he got higher rankings at, at one point in Google than, than I did. But but I'm not I'm like the number one misinformation spreader on Substack and and so forth. So And you're proud of it. So I basically you know Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we have to understand that when I say misinformation spreader, it means like people who spread misinformation exposing the government narrative is false. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's, that's so you've got a Substack. I, I uh, am a subscriber and for the audience that wants to subscribe and I encourage you do because uh, Steve is a is a very clear thinker and, and writes very concisely. It's easy to read. And that's Steve Kerr spelled K-I-R-S-C-H. You can find him on Substack. There's a free version. And then there, there's a paid uh, subscription version as well. Uh, so please uh, give it a look. Uh, Steve, where else can people follow you? You created an organization to try to expose some of the fraud that's going on. What's that organization? It's vaxsafety.org, V-A-C-S-A-F-E-T-Y.org. And what's that organization doing right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're doing things like uh, we're running billboards outside of CDC headquarters. One of the billboards says, oh, the safety signal for death triggered a long time ago how come nobody at the cdc noticed so that's one of the billboards and we'll, we'll put a copy and of the billboard the other billboard as well yeah the other the other billboard uh says how many kids have to die before they stop the vaccine it's kind of a you know brain teaser yeah and do, do you think those Makes billboards are having much effect yeah, it's hard to know 
I haven't gotten any calls from the CDC. You know, they blocked me on emails. All my emails, at the, any, I can't email anyone at the CDC. It bounces. They blocked me. Wow. Wow. This is, a, this is an agency that really wants to hear from feedback, right? If you've got negative feedback, they're basically saying, we don't want to hear it. And we won't talk to you. If you find anything wrong with these vaccines, we don't want to hear about it. And we don't want to talk to you. And it's not just the CDC that does this, but it's the FDA and also the NIH. And Steve, do you have any friends left in Silicon Valley? Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm keeping that list uh, secret. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I've, I've, I think I've lost hundreds of friends, but I've gained hundreds of thousands of new friends. So there are a lot of people up where you live uh, in Silicon Valley area that believe what you believe, but they're just frightened to speak out. Yes, there are. Uh, there are quite there are quite a few people, and there and in fact, there are even people on YouTube that know oh, I'm right and are afraid to speak out as well because they don't want to get deplatformed. Have you had any conversations with Elon Musk about this? Um, I've exchanged emails with him a, a while ago, and it seemed very clear that he was a totally believe, total believer in the vaccine. He thought I was nuts. I said, hey, do you want to, you know, can we talk about how these vaccines are uh, are not so safe? And, and he wrote back, are, are you some kind of, uh, you know, if you keep sending me these kooky emails, I'm not going to respond to you anymore. Gotcha. There's a lot of you people. Know, so it was pretty clear that, that, that he's... Uh, he hasn't seen the light and uh, any attempts to uh, uh, show him the light uh, will be met with uh, a, a uh, sort of a, a cutoff of, of communications, uh, which is what normally happens when you, whenever someone finds out that, oh, you don't believe in the vaccine. Well, <laughs> got to go. <laughs> So, you know, I, might have, I, I went to a party recently and I, 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 someone said, Hey, what are you doing now? And I said, da, 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 da. And he said, up, oh, got to go. Hey, nice talking to you. How do you think we help people wake up to what's going on as it relates to the COVID vaccine rollout and the dangers? Well, I think the good news is that there is a reporter in the mainstream media, um, and it's one of the top mainstream media organizations. And, uh, this person, actually now uh, believes uh, for sure that these vaccines are not as safe as we're telling people. Will he have a job for much and longer? So now it's a, so now it's a question of what will happen next. Yeah. And is, is he reporting that? Not yet. Not yet. Will he report it? Not yet. But, but see, this is the first because we've never had a, re a reporter of this stature at one of the big major media organizations give us two seconds. And this reporter has spent hours looking at the data and is convinced. Do you think at this point there is anybody that should be receiving this COVID-19 vaccine? No, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? There's no evidence at all that, uh, that this is benefit that this vaccine can benefit anyone has, especially kids has this made you look skeptical at other vaccines as well oh of course none of the vaccines are are uh, uh have they have evidence that they're safe because they haven't been properly tested 
So we never take any of these vaccines and we follow a group of people who took the vaccines versus an unvaccinated group and compare them. You can sort of do the test with, with the Amish. And the Amish are incredibly healthier than, Amer- than the average American. And a big part of it is that they don't get vaccinated. So, but there have been studies that have been done. And of course, those studies then are ridiculed, not published, revoked, uh, and, and so forth. But the studies are right because there aren't any studies that show the opposite. There aren't any studies that show that if you vaccinate, your kids are going to be healthier. How can there not be any studies, Jeff, after all these decades? There is not a single study showing that vaccinated people are fair better yeah, I've seen, after they've been vaccinated. I, I've seen the opposite. I have um, a, a whole group yes, of, of families that have been vaccine injured um, as a result of routine childhood vaccines. And yeah, it's, it's very I dis- hear the, those stories all the time. It's very disturbing. And it's not just autism. They're dismissed. It's a coincidence, yeah. they're told. Yeah. Oh, ADD, coincidence. Dyslexia, coincidence. Autism, coincidence. Uh-uh. No, it's not a coincidence. Yeah. This is like sudden death and the COVID vaccines. People say, oh, just a coincidence that he got vaccinated a week before. You know, there's a movie that just came out. I think it's called uh, Sudden Death or Died, Died Suddenly. Have you seen that? Died Suddenly. I'm in it. Oh. I haven't seen it yet. All right. The, yeah. con- the contrast is perfect. You look really good. So what's next for Steve Kirsch? Uh, I'm, I'm still... Uh, Doing what I'm doing, trying to spread the truth, hoping that, that people will listen. Have you had contact with uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Oh, we talk all the time. As you know, I'm, I'm on the board of Children's Health Defense here in California. And he's been uh, really the, the person most responsible for waking me up to the concerns about vaccines uh, that has really um, made me do the research and talk to lots of people that, that have uh, important concerns about the whole vaccine industry and the safety signals of not just COVID vaccines, but all these vaccines. He's been trying to get a debate going for 20 years. And nobody wants to debate him. Or you. How can that be? Huh? Or you. I understand you put up a million dollars for somebody on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And not a single taker. It's tough. Yeah, I thought, you know, hey... um, You know, I didn't want to keep doing, doing the same thing that Bobby did over and over and expect a different result, so... I put money behind it, but, um, uh, and this was only for if you were on one of the official committees, pay you a million bucks just to to spend a few hours with me. Wow. No takers. So what's the, what's the best place for just an average person who's listening that, uh, may not yet be awoke to the concerns in particular about the COVID vaccine. What's the best resource for them to look at to, to start that process of studying? You know, my Substack's a pretty good, uh, resource if, and it's free. People can just subscribe to that. And certainly children's health defense has a wide library of resources about vaccines and not just the COVID vax, but all vaccines. I would encourage those that are contemplating uh, getting a flu vaccine at your local doctor's office or pharmacy, that before you do that, just browse through Children's Health Defense. Um, They have a search engine. You can search influenza vaccine, and you'll learn a lot about the history of the vaccine, the safety of the vaccine, and the efficacy 
at least be informed before you make that decision. Yeah, and you'll actually find that there's no evidence that the the um, the flu shot makes a difference. And in fact, you're going to be way better off. <laughs> if it's not going to make a difference, then you're better off not taking the shot. We really appreciate you coming on Informed Descent. Thank you for uh, giving us your time and uh, Godspeed to you with your work. I'll continue to follow you on Substack, and I hope our listeners will do the same. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to Informed Descent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Descent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.